What up, what up, what up, y'all? It's your boy, the maid, Eddie, your name Ace Five from the Star Five Podcast. And what I need y'all to do right now is hit up the Star Five Podcast.com. And right on that homepage, click that link that says become a patron. Because for as little as a dollar a month, you can help support this show that you love so much. And also, we have other opportunities within our Patreon account to where you can advertise with us for as little as $10 a month, where we'll shout you out every episode or for $20 a month we will give you a separately recorded advertisement promoting whatever you like and for $40 a month you'll get everything that the $20 tier gets you plus you get to produce a segment on our show so make sure you hit up the starfireshow.com and hit that patreon link now To the diamond, to the track, to the big skin flying round the field, starting five forever, keeping it real. If it matters in the world of sports, world of sports, jeans and long sleeves, they taking no shorts, no hot the devil. Yes, these other sports podcasts live as a pro's corpse. This market wave is starting five goes off, goes off. No matter who you cheer for, emotions out the window, they analyzing with clear thoughts. They take it way deeper than the boys ever, boys ever. No longer got any use for the four letters. The latest news, score stats and a view from the sideline. Ain't no guideline, it's just the truth, just the truth. Yeah. No need to dig for a part in line. It's always this season to keep the start five, start five. We going in on three, run the baseline, start five, get it. We got what you we need. Got what you if the sports news you see, we don't waste time. We talking cause we living. We got what you we need. What yeah. you need. We're going in on three. Run the baseline. Start five. Get it. We got what you we need. What you need. And y'all know me. Seven sign. I'm the hellest cat spit. I got what you need. I got what you need. What's up, y'all? Thank you for tuning in to the Star Five Podcast. What I need y'all to do now is hit up the startingfivepodcast.com. That's where you'll be able to find all of our podcast streaming links, our Instagram, our merch link. You can even become a patron right at the front page. And also, you can leave us a voicemail at 929-352-6219, and we'll play your voicemail on the next episode. New episodes released every Thursday. Check us out at the start5podcast.com. That's where you'll be able to get every little piece of information on us. Like our new streaming home, one of our streaming homes on Amazon. It's I should have put Amazon Prime, but it says Amazon Podcast. It's still all good. Hit the podcast link to find our anchor stream, which is the host for the start of five. You can check out the newest episodes like Wiley Rice, shout out to Brian Wiley, the homie who was on last week's episode. Uh, stand up, stop hate. That was our uh, response to the uh, stand, stand up, stand by, and stand back. You could even see Qatar's Cafe all within the same feed. 
hit Katara's Corner to check out the blogs. We're going to have some new stuff coming soon. A couple new podcasts from Katara's Cafe coming soon also. You can check out our Instagram feed right there. Go there, go there and follow us there. Also, please, as I always, always, always ask y'all to, hit up that merch page. Get you some face protection, T-shirts, hoodies. Yeah, we got Android phone cases, too, for y'all Galaxy users. All of that. Please hit up the star5podcast.com. Help us out. Help out your favorite podcast. Throw us a couple of thing things right there. Uh, and as you saw on the homepage, shout-outs to the only patron that we have right now, but we're going to get a couple of y'all more soon. Quan Star, who's our one patron or to the start of five. But enough rambling and, and chitter-chatter for me. Let's throw it to the First Lady. Welcome, everyone. Another great evening. Shout out to, um, well, True Radio Network, as, uh, as always. Shout out to a special, a returning guest host. Uh, and then just shout out to everyone who's holding it down, who are hustling, side hustling, and also have a nine-to-five job, which is probably everyone on here. <laughs> yes, and the returning guest. What is up, everyone? Dan the Sith here from True Radio Network. As I were doing, shout out to Starting Five for having me back. Let's get it on. Let's have a little bit of fun tonight. Speaking of a little bit of fun, because just, you know, our days can go so crazy, I almost forgot that I threw out a challenge. I threw out a challenge. Oh, yeah. In the group this week. Me doing but Cactus while I, Jack. While I, pull, while I pull that up, because we, gotta, um, we, we, we definitely got to get into that. Uh, yeah. And that was the, the Star 5 promos challenge. Um, we got to send uh, rest in peace shout outs as we always do. Yeah. You, you, unfortunately, you know how that goes when it comes to us on this show. Uh, first and foremost, rest in peace to Hall of Famer, Major League Baseball legend, Joe Morgan. And I mean, like, just this guy, this guy was a legend. Yeah, he, he, he passed away at the age of 77 this past Sunday. Um, I mean, I, he wasn't, he, he was done playing by the time of my youth when I was really paying attention to baseball and, 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 and playing baseball in my youth. But I knew who this guy was. He was a part of the, the big red machine back in the day uh, as, a, as a Cincinnati Red. And as a black athlete, a black player in Major League Baseball, then this guy was, I mean, he was just incredible. I mean, there's not much more I can really add on to other than he was incredible for the play and the work that he put in on the field, Dan. He was amazing. Um, <clears throat> when the news broke, I nearly just broke down because this guy was, when it comes to African-Americans in baseball, rightfully so, Reggie Jackson, upper echelon, Joe Morgan had the accolades without all the overhype, if you will, of Mr. October and all that. He allowed what he did 
on the field to speak for his results. And even when he settled into broadcasting after he left base, after he retired from the game, he was still one of the best, no matter what. Um, so on behalf of True Radio Network, as well as my friends here on Starting Five, our condolences. And because this is a really bad loss for not only the baseball community, but humanity as a whole. Definitely, definitely. And uh, for the, the last rest in peace, we got to give. This one is for the hometown people of New York. New York City's first black mayor, David Dinkins, just unfortunately lost his wife, Joyce Dinkins, at the age of 89. No people, I do not know if we are related. Let me just get that out of the way. But this lady at 89, who was also, you know, before uh, becoming New York's first lady, she worked in, in uh, for, she worked for the city of New York. Um, I forgot exactly what she did, but this, this woman was just a completely given woman. Uh, she used to give her time to, let's see. She was, uh, she, where the hell? Well, damn. Okay, let me just read then. Ms. Dinkins became a role model for millions of African-Americans, gracefully taking advantage of the visibility that came with her husband's office to promote her favorite causes. She visited soup kitchens, libraries, and schools, and was the honorary chairwoman of the mayor's task force on child abuse and of the first day back to school, a multimedia public service campaign. In 1990, she established a public school program called Reading is Recreation. And Katara, you being the, the 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 biggest reader on here, just speak to how important a program like that is. Um, it's definitely important. Uh, <laughs> you gotta put me on the spot. No, it is important. Um, it is because you there is a window of opportunity that kids can where you can introduce them to reading and then they'll take off. But if you you wait and you don't press it then it's going to be harder for them going on the future. Uh, there's definitely a window opportunity. So, so reading obviously is important. And as we all know, the English language can be hard as heck. So that, that is a press. That, that's one of the things you've got to press your children on and, and just be with them. And it starts by reading to them at night when they're babies. So they're getting into it and they're getting into just the sequence. And then it, it, it's a very, if you think about it, it's a very hard process to learn. So you have to stay on your kids because not, not on them, but stay on the work and see if it's if they need extra because if something's off that's that's usually when you can tell if there's something off with them or even before but they're not off but something that's stopping them from getting for them to picking up the reading so that's that's a very key important thing and if that is what she um pressed then that's a very good thing yeah definitely definitely is right so Definitely send our love and condolences to the Dinkins family. My namesakes, I would say, but again, I'm not officially sure if we're family and rest in peace to Miss Joyce uh, Dinkins. But now 
just one quick second. Shout outs to the homie Will Strickland in the comments. I just got to... Sorry for the gap, people. But... Uh, there we go. Sorry, you'll see the comments in the thing. Podcast listeners, I apologize about that. But let's get right into the contest. Um, I, I put up because... A couple of shout outs to the homie Hollis and Atlantaville. They're in the um they're in the group. They they did something on Instagram the other day where they they cut like a, just a random promo. Just being silly, being funny. They had their championship belts and stuff like that. And me being the wrestling guy that I am, I I I've had that itch to wanna um to just wanna cut a promo, like do something random about something, about anything. So I went at them. With a promo, I went at them with a promo. I had dropped it in the group uh, not too long ago, um, but uh, yeah, I could actually play it for y'all right now from the Instagram page. Check it out. Years I watched you two bammers go around town with your pretty little belts, my belts, belts that you suckers stole from me back in the day when you came up to New York City. Bammers all the way in the A, popping their little bottles of champagne, dancing with all the strippers, calling out the wrong people, talking about Rick Flair, Arn Anderson, and Craig the Hammer Valentine. <laughs> you can call all three of those suckers all you want, but you know the name is your real problem. <laughs> So I was just being—I was just being silly. Sorry, y'all, that uh, it started to play again. But I was just being silly, going back at them for absolutely no reason. They wasn't clapping at me for nothing. I just felt like issuing the challenge, and then in turn, it me—I ended up issuing the challenge to the group, and I said, "Let's have some fun. We'll give away a T-shirt behind that." Um, and I said, "Cut promos." I gave them four options. I said. You gotta face Trump and Pence in a handicap match in the, in the old school in the old school blue steel cage. Uh, Takashi six nine in a false count anywhere match. Cactus Jack in a Japanese death match, and the last one. The last one, damn it! I forgot what the last one was. Do you remember what it was, Dan? The zillion threat to recall okay, well, is... I, well, don't worry about it because those are the only three that promos were cut on. I forgot okay. what the fourth option was, but um, uh, but the, the fourth option is irrelevant because nobody cut a promo on it. So three people right. did. Shout-outs to my boy Alex. Shout-outs to your tag team partner, No Spots Podcast, DC's People's Champ. And I'll have to say it right now, the last video that I'll play is the winner. Shout out to the homie T3, Tyson Taylor Shields in the group. He got the most likes and no shots at the champ, but my man Tyson, once we get to his, he cut an amazing one. But I'm a, I, as I promised, we're going to show these on the show. If y'all got comments to, to make about them, here they go. Here's my boy Alex. I'm issuing a challenge to Takashi. <laughs> I um, think you're better than me. 
You're a joke. You're not better than me. You never will be. Trust me on that. Force come anywhere, match. New York City. We could start in Bushwick. End up in Astoria. Go all the way to Yankee Stadium. Take it to the Statue of Liberty for all I care. Don't play with me. I'll make that shit happen. <laughs> I'll get a fucking vote. <laughs> we will go to hell and back. The Kashi would still run and rant, though. <laughs> Trust me. I will knock you out as fast as you can snap your fingers. You think you had a hard time when you dropped the soap when you was in jail? <laughs> nah, son. Belly. See nothing yet. <laughs> Trust me when I tell you this. Game over, son. <laughs> you don't want none. You might as well be hiding where you at. Nobody can find you. Because when I'm done with you, you're going to be in the sewers with the rest of the rats. A long time. <laughs> Always remember this, son. You are a cruiserweight. I am a heavyweight. You want it? See, I, I, why I like that one. Besides, that's my homie. Shout out to Alex on that one. It was funny because. He at one, he's Puerto Rican, so I wish he I wish he said something in Spanish to him. That's one. But two, just it was it was so New York. He said, Nah, you don't want a son. He's like, come get it. I'll go get a boat. <laughs> we'll go take the set in liberty. Any comments on that one? I was cracking up because I know a lot of people, prison company included mayor that live in New York, and I've been to New York several times. But the irony is that Takashi would try to run all over the five boroughs, just to try to get away from it and go, and go, that, that guy's trying to chase after me. He ain't doing that. <laughs> Boy, you did shit. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, I, that was funny. But let's take this one now to True Radio Network and the homie Ken a.k.a. D.C.'s People's Champ. Now, he tried to tell me he had the cheat code because he does all the wrestling stuff in the indie scene down there, but let's see what this brother does. Very, very old-school style of promo. And it's kind of hard to be tough with that home sign back there. So, <laughs> the commander-in-chief and his second-in-command want to go two-on-one D.C.'s People's Champ inside of a steel cage, a solid steel cage. Man, listen, <sighs> I like the sound of that. I like that. So 45, you and your inept second in command think y'all gonna take on me two on one and think you're gonna be successful? Well, sir, let me explain something to you. You messed up on COVID, you messed up the economy, you messed up the country, and now you have messed your own lives up by challenging me to a steel cage match. So y'all gonna get in that cage. Y'all gonna be opposite me. And what's gonna end up happening is the beating that you receive, Mr. 45, 
will make COVID seem like the common cold because I'm going to bust you up. And then, sir, and Pepsi, boy, I hope you give your soul to God because your ass belongs to me. Pause, you see, son. gentlemen, Pause. you're not just getting in the steel cage with just any man. You're getting in the ring with somebody who's going to be the embodiment of every African-American American person on, in this country who's upset at the both of you. So get ready, gentlemen, because you are going to be going up against the most electrifying individual in the DMV. I am talking about the one, the only DC's People's Champ. Now... Critique your uh, critique your tag team partner there, uh, and I'll let you have this one first. Hey, you know what he didn't yeah. say is that I was going to be there to run interference and actually hand foreign objects in there and turn the steel cage match into kind of like a quasi almost hell in a cell almost because we were going to tear both of those bamas down like you wouldn't believe. Um, but that's my boy right there. Um, it reminded me a lot, though, of kind of like Jake the Snake if he had a title and saying, do you really know what you're getting into here type attitude. So it was kind of old school, call back to the old school in a way, the way he did it, which was pretty awesome. But I still love the idea of the old school blue cage. You know, which brings back memories back to like WrestleMania 2, where you had Hogan versus King Kong Bundy in that steel cage. That was a wild ass match. So that brought back a lot of memories right there. Yeah. yeah see, I, I just, I just literally, when I first watched it, because shout out to Ken, he was the first person to submit to. When he said, Yo ass is mine, mm-hmm. I screamed. Pause, son, yo, pause. Like, <laughs> ain't no time to be calling for another man's ass like that, but I digress. But no, nah, it was good. It was, <laughs> it was good. It was classic, classic, classic style. And, and it says, shout outs to his JYD looking beard and hair, you know, <laughs> quarantine cuts. But um, the winner, I got to, this one here was the, I wish more people entered to challenge this, but. He won by one more like than the rest. We only got minimal participation, but hopefully we do this again. Maybe more people will join in because I thought this was pretty fun. But this is T3. Use fear as a weapon because they know every living thing has fear, including that liar, deceitful, Cactus Jack, I grew up idolizing you, thinking that there was no way a man like you would ever cower in fear. I've seen you go through it all. Fear of fire, fear of sharp objects, even the fear of loss. You've left chunks in the ring, Nick. You lie to me! A tag match last week, for the first time in your life, you experienced fear 
to stop me from the revenge against Terry Funk. It was so rightfully mine. That's why I had to lay you out, Nick. That's why. Now I have to finish it. I don't want to have to do this, but I will. You force me to expose you for what you are. You're not fearless. I'm heartless. I admit it. But I'm not brainless like you. Nick, what you fear is me. Fear itself. Well, Batara, you always look pretty entertained by that one. Well, yeah, this one in Ken's was very um creative. So I, I glanced at, I'll be honest, I glanced at the uh, contest, but I was so busy this week, I, I, I didn't pay much attention to it. But these are creative. Ken's, of course, I like, because, well, you know I like that one, um, the mention of 45. But um, this one was very creative, the way his mask was or something. So um, guys, these are great. These, we, they need to keep doing these. These are great. <laughs> now, Dan, I mean... He he called back to he Taz. and also Taz. If he watched his motions early on, he looked like Taz when they were building up the rivalry in ECW with Sabu with Sabu for their first match, and he would literally have this hood on and go Sabu, you know, and literally be mysterious and say, "You're paint you." You're what I crave, you know, type deal. And that callback to Terry Funk was amazing too, because a lot of people don't know this, but he and Terry Funk really joined at the hip, literally. You don't have hardcore wrestling without those two cats at all, period. Yeah, and that that was a callback to 95. Uh, yeah, 95 King of Death mm-hmm. match in Japan, which I... I had the tape. I might, I, maybe it might still be next door at my parents' house, but I had that on tape because back in that era, in the, the, the early stages of the hardcore ECW and stuff, I used to go searching for those deathmatch tapes. The Big Japans, yep. all of the old FMWs, Atsushi Onita, which is the god of all of that, one of the gods in that. I, you know, Tyson's was the shit. I felt bad because I thought Ken wasn't going to have no challenges at first. And then I had to remind these cats, like, yo, you said you was going to join. What's up? And then Tyson drops this one on me, which he does this every so often. If you follow his pages and stuff like that, he's one of those true wrestling marks, just like the rest of us. And he killed that. I I, I had to give it up. I, I, I had to wait to reserve my comments for now, but he right. killed that. So. Salute to him. I'm going to hit him up in the inbox. He's going to get a Star 5 t-shirt on me. We'll link that up. We'll coordinate that so he'll, uh, he'll get that. Thanks for everybody who participated. It, it was fun, and, and I'm glad y'all were entertained by it, too, watching it on the show tonight. You know, Again, hopefully we can do that again. Hopefully we can do it again because it was good. It was good. But now let's get into the meat of the business. 
we got to talk about this situation that was going on in Michigan and now also in uh in the state of Virginia, Katara. Hmm. This, this should have been, first of all, front page news, and it should have been handled correctly. And everything else that was going on should have been canceled. There should not have been still some protest against the mayor, uh, excuse me, the governor. I, oh, do you want me to describe it? I, I just. Well, I, <laughs> let's just that you. I, <laughs> We'll, we'll 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 get you there. Okay. We, we gotta set. We always gotta set the table first. Okay. If y'all are under a rock, y'all know that right. there was a FBI was tracking this militia group who was plotting to kidnap the governor of Michigan. And then the funky thing that came out the other day that Qatar dropped on us is that. The FBI also said that this team, this alleged group of people, was also plotting to kidnap Virginia's governor. They were trying to get Governor Nordham and Governor Whitmer. Um, this is uh, this is American terrorism as its finest. Right. I this is and and the 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 irony of all of this is is when when I started to do a little more more research into this is that. I learned that they weren't necessarily pro-Trump nor pro-Biden. And most of the rallies that these people were getting mad and going up and getting upset about against was the governors opening their states back up because of the COVID restrictions. Now, we're going to get into the state of Florida in a little bit because in the college football world, some things transpired when it comes to COVID. And it says a lot about Florida being back open 100% with no, you know, no scrutiny, no, no, no finding for not wearing masks, things like that. But these idiots decided to think that this was smart to do, mostly behind the fact that they did not want to wear masks no more and they wanted businesses opening up. This had me thinking, like, I couldn't imagine this happening in New York City. Right. We say what we want about NYPD and all that, but they would have been on their ass. People right. trying to do some shit like this. Now, keep it funky, you know, and and disclaimer, I don't mean nothing behind this, but I'm sure that there's a group of people that want to do this to build a Blasio because he sucks. And I just say that jokingly, <laughs> but he does suck. He's he, he he clearly is like Matt Shouts to Max Rose, the politician. He did a news, he did an advertisement, a political ad, and all he said was, Bill de Blasio is the worst mayor in New York City history. And then just went like that. No, that's it. Like that was the message. He sucks. He sucks. He sucks. And I'm still to this day, I don't know how we ever voted a Red Sox fan into the mayor's office of New York, but I'll digress. I'll let that go. Katara, <laughs> go wait, Dad. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yes. Oh, back, he's talking about, okay. Back yes. the fuck up for a minute. Y'all <laughs> elected a Red Sox fan uh, to the office of mayor? Yeah, and, and, and part, you know what, to be honest, to you, part, part two, part due to the fact that 
the Republican opposition was horrendous. They was wow. one of the guys running against him in one term was this guy, Joe Loda, who used to run, I believe, the MTA. And he did a shit job with the MTA. Uh, so okay. it was looks like you want to add in this bag of shit or this bag of shit. But this the, the bag of shit that's there shit now just happens to also be a Red Sox fan, which is, again, it's horrendous in my opinion, but it is what it is. But back it's to Qatar on this situation. But back to Qatar, and then I'll chime in about these people. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Definitely. It, no, and and you know that it's important, obviously, to this for so for those who don't know what happened, it's just that again that should have been handled correctly. Let's and and let's be real for a minute. It doesn't matter if she was whatever the so the precaution she was taking because that's exactly what that this was about. Just about her shutting down things because it's a pandemic. We're in a pandemic. Hello, that's what this is all about. It, now, I don't know what her, uh, you know, we don't live there. I don't know what she shut down, although I, to me, it seems like a good idea to me, but I don't know what, if it was just too intense, but at the end of the day, it doesn't even matter now. You took things, they took things into the wrong hand. They took things wrong, period. You don't kidnap somebody if you want to open up somebody. You sit and you say, first of all, all that time, they, they sat in there planning a kidnapping when they should have been planning their next, uh, uh, next um, the person who will get, and I can't see the word right now, but the person who's going to be going, getting into office after her, that's what they should have been planning. You, you, you plan ahead, and they know that, number one. Number two, and, and you're gonna, the sheriff's response was just unacceptable. So, and, and, and Dan is going to play it in a minute, um, but it's unacceptable. You need to be on that, period. Even if you do, and, and the fact that he said that means that he was in on it or they have something on him. So, I don't know. This is just should be front page news. The president shouldn't have even going back and forth with the, the governor of Michigan right now. He should have been like, okay, this needs to stop, period. Um, and then not yelling at her because of what she said. That's dumb. Okay, this whole situation was handled bad and people need to pay attention. It's revealing season right now. If this is what's going on, you got militia, the terrorists, and no one's doing anything about it. And we already know if it was a bunch of minorities doing that, they would have been dead. If it was a period. And they all know that. They would have called them terrorists. They are terrorists. Handle them like they're supposed to be. Nothing more to say about that. Period. And right now I got the it's good thing I had my mic on mute because we would have had to listen to a Chevrolet ad that they wasn't paying us for. But uh, here's the here's the news report on what that sheriff has said. A controversial Michigan sheriff defending the suspects accused of plotting to kidnap Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Rachel Sweet is in the newsroom with his unique angle on their intentions and how a local attorney is responding. Rachel? David, attorney Jamie White says he's still trying to wrap his head around the comments. Maybe the sheriff leave has been seen at rally. It's just a charge, and they say a plot to kidnap. And you got to remember that, are they trying to kidnap? Because a lot of people are angry with the governor, and uh, they want her arrested. So are they trying to arrest, or was it a kidnap attempt? Because you can still, in Michigan, if it's a felony, you can make a felony arrest. 
and I think it's MCL 764.4, something like that, 0.5, somewhere on there. And uh, it doesn't say if you're an elected office that you're exempt from that arrest. So I have to look at it from that angle. There is no legal justification for what this gentleman, for lack of better words, um, has indicated may be a part of the consideration. I just stop it at there. What asinine words to say, Dan? This was, this was a holy shit moment, I would say, for the entire state of Michigan. This was like, like th he sounded like he was one of those people who were angry with the governor and was looking for any reason to go at her. And in some respects, in my opinion, he was almost trying to like look past what these people were doing. It looks like it on the surface. And I kind of tell people something here that people need to understand whether you're part of the militia, whether you want to try to overthrow your governor or whatever. There's something called going through, oh my God, the courts. Okay, so you find that your governor's restrictions on COVID went too far. Well, if, she do, if they don't want to hear you out via the governor's mansion, take it to court, go through the legal system. You don't do something stupid like this, plot a kidnapping, and then like with a bunch of dopes, get someone on TV, go a sheriff going in going, well, you know, uh, this certain section of law. Man, fuck that shit. Okay, get this. Ask Katara, ask the mayor, do I like my governor here in Virginia? Not particularly, for obvious reasons, which I will say in a minute. But do I support people trying to kidnap an elected official? Absolutely not. Oh, well, we have to take the law into No, you don't take the law into your own hands. And it's like what Katara said. Had this been BLM, it'd be a wonder if they're still alive. If they were anyway direct, directly connected to BLM, it'd be a question of, are they still alive? Because the truth be told is, if this were Antifa, the right would be calling for those people's heads immediately, and probably rightfully so, if they went after an elected official. But since it's a white militia group, which made statements against both Whitmer and Trump and Northam and other governors, everyone's looking the other way, like, oh, this is, this is not normal, folks. This is some crazy Twilight Zone type shit. Yeah. This isn't normal at all. And Qatar, the key words that Dan mentioned was white militia group. That I, if they were not white, like you said, if they were not white, and I'm sorry, people, if y'all don't like the racial tones of the too fucking bad, because this is the facts that we're dealing with. This is the facts that's in front of us right now. If they were not white, they would have been dealt with. The key would have been thrown away. Trials would have happened like this. And we see what's going on, which 
well, you know what? We will briefly talk about this thing too. That I was I was throwing it out of the topics, but we'll we'll talk about it in in a minute. But if they were not white, this situation, Katara, would be totally different. Yes, they would have um, been. They would have been dead, and then everyone would have been like, "Well, they were just too dangerous," and they try to make excuses. This, this, and they know that. And I, I don't understand why people aren't seeing this or this is not taking that seriously. And this sheriff, like, you know, and then, uh, and now there was the, when I posted, there was one that said, Virginia, this is, this is not how we do things. And I don't care if they're upset at the government or whatever, you don't do that. And that's why there are people giving this attention and, and, and shout out to everybody who's giving this attention, including the media and saying, hey, this is, they need to be taken out. Uh, not taken, well, they need to be punished and held accountable. Held accountable. There's no reason for, sh that sheriff, I don't know if he's been elected position, but he needs to, he needs to be fired for saying that. That was handled horribly. Um, I'm not sure if he was elected or anything. They need to start procedures to get him out of there because that that's that's saying something. That's that's saying that's setting something up for the future. I, I guarantee you, we're going to be on this show again in a few weeks, and he's going to say do something, and it's going to cause a problem. Get him out of there. Charge them, which I think they did, and yeah. and keep it moving. Um, because this is going to so go out of the FBI on this because they've been tracking it and they they got them ahead of time, which is which is great. Right. One of the few times we can say law law enforcement work. Shout out to the FBI on that because this is this is yeah. insane. This is absolutely asinine to even because and and it kills me with all of these people during this COVID time who keep saying I'm an American. This you're uh, you're infringing on my rights and this that you the rights of see now now let me pedal back some because i get this i get the stage that we're in with this illness i don't like a lot of the being legislated into doing things because mm -hmm. i'm personally this is just the thoughts of the mayor here on the star five this virus isn't going anywhere i've said it before in here i'll keep saying it i say it to everybody and personal conversation all the time. This virus that has been created, just like every other virus that has been created, is not going anywhere. So eventually we are going to have to develop some type of a way to learn to live with this. Right. We are going to have to. Unfortunately, science still don't have all the answers right now, which is understandable. But eventually something is going to give. Right. I don't know if you're going to trust this vaccine that's coming out. I'm sure as fuck not. No. I, no way in hell this quickly that I can trust it. But this is not how you go about displaying your anger. Going after top government officials in this way. Now, yes, I think eventually there will be a major uprising against the, uh, the U.S. government. I'm not calling for that right now, no So FBI, if you're listening, that's not what I'm saying at all. Exactly. I'm on your, I'm on your side right now. 
because nonsense like this shouldn't be. Especially as hey, five people. What's up? And as much as y'all know, I don't like Governor Blackface. Oops. Did I say that out loud to offend people? Oops. And as much as I don't like him, and I don't like Governor Ralph Northam as an individual because of what he did in the past, I can't move past it. Why? Because it was racist as shit. As much as I don't like that one incident, and I think it's, you know, horrible, I have to admit his relegating things down to municipalities where it came to the schools, where it came to having a plan to reopen the whole, the whole gambit and worked with our leaders was a very smart and tactful thing. So for these people to come out and plan a plot, different states handled things differently. And I understand the argument about Governor Whitmer's husband being able to do something that other people weren't able to do. I get that argument. But again, it does not mean go out and do something stupid like this. When it, it's called, oh God, it's embarrassing. Right. That, and, 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 you know, real quick, and, and we all can sit and say things that we dislike about it in our state. And, and, and we, we, we can do that all day. And we probably have done this on this show. But at the end of the day, we have you, that is the rule of the land, or that is the rule where we're here. You've got to follow it. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, period. And, and, and honestly, if this is just on some stay-at-home orders, and, and, and that's what it sounds like, you have to, and if this is about because you can't get a haircut, come on, come on. You have to just deal with that and then be creative. Uh, you know, that's it. You know, this, this, this entitlement, because this is what it is, and, and granted is, you know, it, it, it is frustrating, but let's call it, it this is entitlement. Get a mask, stay in, talk to your leaders, talk, email your governor, whatever. Or while, and, and like I said before, while you guys are all staying in, have a Zoom meeting and say, okay, we need her out. Who's, when, is she, when is her term over? Who are we voting in? Mm -hmm. That's what they should have done. You, you yep. sit there and you open yourself up. And the FBI, that's on y'all. You know, and, and, and honestly, just like Dan said, had they not all done that, we, we may, may, may have agreed with them on some aspects. But once they put kidnapping on, out on the table, your reasonings are, um, are null and void. Completely, completely off the table. And I'll even add, I'll even add, because of all the recent uprisings and stuff like that, go ahead and protest on their steps. Continue to put your foot on their neck that way. Mm -hmm. You know, now you you don't you choose not to wear face covering. That's on y'all. Whatever you want to do in that case, you can put the pressure on them the same way that Black Lives Matter protesting was going on or uprising was going on. You can do the same thing. And they were doing the same things. But and it, they, they took it to that next level way too fast and at a super accelerated rate 
that because it, it, it in some respects you can kind of say it showed that the protesting wasn't working but i'm not saying that in full right now i'm not saying that it doesn't work but you continue to put the pressure on their necks until something's done case in point was zuccotti park when attack when um when operation wall street happened they were there for months now side note there was a lot of professional protesters out there who was just out there to be out there. But I don't even remember what was done because it was so long ago. But I think some things happened. They might have been minor, whatever the case may be. You seen the NBA take a day, take a weekend off just about, or uh, one set of games off, they pushed everything back. They got a result out of it, at least. They got stadiums to open up as voting centers. They put their foot on the necks of the people who have the voices of these politicians by just skipping one game and got something out of it. So they don't see the, 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 the pressure that can be applied that does work when it comes to the protesting. Because a little, a little something can happen. And a small victory can lead to a bigger victory later. But no, 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 no. They wanted to use the HOV lane with the easy pass to go straight at their necks, and they got bagged for it. Yep. They got caught. They got zipped up and tied up and thrown into the jails right now where they belong because this was completely asinine. But, That's putting it nicely. Oh, <laughs> very nicely. But to move on to something else real briefly, this guy, Derek Chauvin, was granted bail. I don't know how he made a million dollars bail, but made a million dollars bail. And then got the nice little parting gift from the judge saying, you can move around freely if you fear for your life. This is why we needed to talk about this, because... I was, talking to, what was I, I was talking to my wife this morning. We was talking about that in the car. It came up on the radio, and I had mentioned. I was like, you know how stupid this is? And if I, if I were him, I'm sure they probably got some kind of tracking devices or something, something way to track his movements. I don't care what it is. I don't care how it is. And I'm not even offering this to him to do. But if he had somebody in his ear, all that man has to do is off to another country, never come back and then just hide out and fight and hide from extradition of the country. So that judge who allowed that, that, that judge needs to be, uh, needs to be brought up on questions too, Katara, because that, that right there, oh, the fact that he made a million dollars bail was one thing, but to protect this man because of fear and allow him to move around freely. You're shaking your head. That is, I, I couldn't even handle that. When, when that came out and everybody, my timeline was flooded with that, I couldn't even handle it at that time. I said, this, come on. It's like, really, are you kidding? And just like Dan, Dan brought up a great point. He could have gone to a country and we're not giving him ideas. Let's do, we're being real. 
he could have gone to a country that does not hit, that isn't friendly with the U.S. and they will sit there and be like, "No, we're not sending him back." Too bad. He could have done that. Uh, I, I, I believe, and and uh, the police union had something to do with that. Some something happened, and that number one, that judge needs to be looked at because if he's doing it on that case, he's doing it on other cases too. But I think the police union has way too much pull. And I, and I, when I was in Connecticut, I loved the union, not, not necessarily the police union, but I, I liked unions, but this is too much. There's too much pull for that. Should no reason why he, he should even had bail to begin with, period. Then again, you, and then he makes it and then you can go anywhere you want. Uh-uh, uh-uh. That's, that's a bad sign. That's a sign that that judge is, well, corrupt in some ways, in my yeah. opinion. But JP, y'all can't, people in the group can't see him, but JP's in the building. What's going on, brother? What's going on? How y'all doing tonight, man? Hey JP. hey, JP. What's up, dude? All right. All right. What's up, y'all? How y'all feeling? We good. Well, oh. we run, we, we just got to talking about uh, this guy, Derek Chauvin, right. making a making million dollars bail and, and getting, grant, getting granted by this judge freedom to move around out of fear of his life. That's the just us system. I mean, what more can you say? Um, you know, I'm not surprised at all. Million dollars bail. Who 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 said who 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 bailed him out? Who bought, who bailed him out with a million dollars bail? Is the question. Yeah, I think there I think there was like a GoFundMe or something like that from some nonsense like that. Uh, GoFundMe for a murderer. Man. Yeah, but it, it says it, you know what it says a lot about this country, Dan, and people who people who are willing to pay to assist somebody who is a murderer. All right. Just going to feed off something that the mayor said, talked about and something Guitar mentioned here real quick. Edward Snowden got away with fleeing to Russia and has been there for years. And as many times we have told the Russians, hey, send him back, they won't do it. Okay. All this guy has to do, and I use that term loosely, I don't call him a man because a real man doesn't get a million dollars bail and gets told, oh, you can go wherever you want. Nah, son, life don't work that way. Sis, don't play that. Um, <laughs> he could go into any country, I don't know, Greece that doesn't do extradition. That's an ally of ours, but doesn't allow criminal ex extraditions. How do I know this? Because certain celebrities out of Hollywood that have connections to a certain individual who is dead, whether it's suicide or murder, I don't give a shit. They're going, oh, I'll go to Greece. He's talking about and of course, they, sorry. Mm -hmm. he, he said, he didn't, have, he didn't say the name I did. He was talking about Epstein. Oh, yep. okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. People connected to that little bastard are saying, oh, I'll go to Greece. Gee, I wonder why. Because they don't have an extradition treaty with the United States. So they would, that, that's how simple it is. If this guy has a passport and he's allowed to use that passport, sadly, he'll be able to go to wherever he wants. And again, I hate to put it 
into something here, but I'm going to, if it were me or Katara or Mayor or TJ or anyone else, anyone else related to this pod or True Radio Network, we would have not gotten this type of release where we could go wherever the hell we wanted to go because our lives are in danger and we have charges pending in court. No. We would have the ankle bracelet on. We would have to stay home for home monitoring at best. We won't be able to go to another country or another state and move around because we think our fuck out of here. This is this is what people were saying. <laughs> I'm not gonna mention the podcast, but shout out to the, the homies. They they were saying R. Kelly should have did this shit before he got caught. <laughs> they were saying R. Kelly should have read. When he had the freedom and the chance to, you know, it's 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 just it's so wild. It's so wild that this is even a thing. But like JP said, this is the just us system at work, and this don't work for everybody. This is literally like, you know, yeah, this is this is like a, a back to blue move. This is we support our own type of move. Like, this is completely asinine. And as Katara and myself said, this judge needs to be investigated just like that sheriff in michigan needs to be investigated and that's that now before we get into the sports stuff um we gotta talk about this and there was another piece of sports news i forgot to drop we'll, we'll briefly talk about that but we gotta bring this up i found this to be pretty dope shout outs to dna and charlie clips they did this on behalf of URL. I happen to have filmed both of these guys in Rare Breed Entertainment. I've, I've, I've shot a, a couple of their battles that they've worked with Rare Breed Entertainment on. They did a go out and vote battle style advertisement in favor of Biden and Harris. Check it out. What you're missing now is they're doing the text message thing. There's Charlie Clips playing basketball. This is for the podcast listeners. You can't see what we're showing right now. This is a pretty cool little ad, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about it once it's finished. Yo, why you ain't been answering your phone? You know why I'm calling you. You have to vote. You know why I don't vote? Because as a black man, I just feel like there's no hope. Our president telling people to go back to China, taking the coronavirus as a joke. And that's the part that frightened me. When you choose a president, it's supposed to be a knockout. Then why this situation doesn't entice me? If you got the answers to get me out this dark path, my brother, enlighten me. We always telling each other to stay woke. That's why this time we got to use our voice and you have to vote. The facts should show Biden has a plan for African-Americans. We're not dealing with your average Joe. I see the way you're looking right now. You know exactly where I'm going to go with this. For four years, we had Trump in office and we made the most of it. But we finally got somebody that could be in office that could give us a chance to have home ownership. I'm talking to all of you. $640 billion over the course of 10 years so we can finally get housing that's affordable. Look at him now. I got him stuck with Biden and Harris plan. We got to trust because we can't say we support Obamacare, but rock with Trump. So Harris and Biden is going to help with black ownership, huh? 
okay, maybe it's true. But what about the black colleges and all the funding for the HBCUs? Is Biden going to follow in Obama's footsteps and go all out with health care? Or is he going to laugh at us like our president now while our people struggle on welfare? You see, I did my research, which is exactly why I could rebuttal that. Biden and Harris planning to put $70 billion to the HBCU. We're not just talking about a couple racks, giving teachers a raise. What Trump attempted to do, they plan to double that. And as far as the rich and poor with schools, the whole goal is to end the funding gap. That sounds legit. Only if our president now would quit. Hey, did you know that unemployment for African-Americans is up this percent? So when you tell me to go and vote, go and vote, well, the reason why it's such a hard one, because how we expect our people to get jobs and the president can't even get the job done. Bro, I understand it's a process, so I'm not rushing you. Take your time. You know what? Speaking of that, I got the perfect place to take you that'll change your mind. Now, I'm not going to lie before we finish it. This sounds like some like 1980s style of PSA, but let's keep going. <laughs> It's, it's good. Oh, good. You think because you brought me here that I'm just supposed to confide in Biden? What about the innocent blacks that get snatched out of their vehicles just for riding? We don't even ask for much. All we do is ask for respect. Before they did what they did to George Floyd, this country had their foot on our neck. Now, do you understand why I'm upset? I feel you. Because every time we throw the system an uppercut, all they give us in return is low blows. But Biden and Harris got a plan to outlaw the chokehold. It's inspiring. Donald Trump is the apprentice, but now it's our turn to do the firing and review everything. Must have all season before we hire them. Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Eric Gardner, Trayvon Martin, say their damn names. The goal is to get Donald out of office and Trump his campaign. You know, before you actually called my phone, I honestly had no hope. But if Biden and Harris going to do exactly what you said, then I'm going to go vote. And see, see, something like that, <clears throat> me being a person who was in the battle rap world, that was great because one, they're delivering hard the message that we've all been screaming, go vote, please go vote, do that. They're reaching out by way of battle rap, in some respects, yeah, they're reaching out to a lot of people who are ex-criminals, people who are battle rap fans, that is. A lot of people who may have never voted that are battle rap fans, that pay attention to these guys, know this guy's work, which as rappers in the battle rap world, off the top of the brain, I wonder if they did that all just freestyle off top. Because if they did, it's incredible. And those two brothers actually have the ability to do that. Now, it sounds very written, but they have the ability to do something like that freestyle. But again, to the importance of the message as a whole, this is just another one of those moves to get the youth. To get the youth. And to especially reach out to the youth that is in the battle rap world that really is like, nah, fuck politics. I don't pay attention to it, this, that, and the third. To say, yo, if these cats is talking about it and doing it, maybe we'll listen. And JP, I mean, we, we talked about, we talk about the youth on here religiously when it comes up. This is a part of trusting the youth in delivering these types of messages. Your thoughts on it? Um, 
that was actually my first time hearing it. It was actually pretty good, you know, with the with the with um, them bringing out facts, them bringing out different things and stuff. And um, you know, your country only goes as far as the young people go. And I really do think that a lot of young people are voting in this election. So I say um, kudos to them for actually doing it, for actually making this um, this thing about voting. And um, man, we'll see, man. You know, I think a lot of people are want to get this orange orangutan up out of office. So, you know, kudos to them for what they did in the PSA, and hopefully this thing will help and and excuse me, will help in getting especially young people vote. And I understand why they're skeptical. I understand why people are skeptical about what voting and stuff because of what happened. But as I always say as well. When you put somebody in office, you hold them accountable. That's what people want to do. They sit back, oh, my man or or my my woman candidate won. That's it. I'll sit back and reap the benefits. Nah, you got to keep fighting. You got to make sure they're doing what they say they're going to do. And you have to question things. That's something that people do not do. This is true. This is true. We always mention it here. Accountability. Accountability is key, Katara. Yes. Um, it's funny because when I, when you tagged me in this it was like a few days ago or yesterday, um, I honestly thought it was going to be cringe worthy, like, 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 uh, Dan's favorite president's, uh, uh, motto with him doing YMCA, which on, on just many levels, it was just, I heard this and then they, they tried to go over it with the mega thing. And that was just bad. But um, uh, this was good, very spoken wordish, if I can use that that as a thing. Um, uh, it, it got people. It would get people thinking. This this wasn't corny. This wasn't cringeworthy. It got people talking because that that is how some people are feeling right now. Um, uh, another thing that I totally blew my mind is Harris going to an HBCU. So it's more likely she will work for work with HBCUs. Okay. Um, but, but overall I was, I was, um, happy. <laughs> I was, I was not happy, but I was, I was glad that this came out because this can work as a promotion tool. Um, period. Uh, <laughs> it was it was actually pretty good. I, I um it was good. It can actually it reaches young kids, but it also reaches our generation as well because it was more of old school rapish type thing. Well, yeah, but it's 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 hip hop in general. It's it this is getting hip hop involved, and this is this is more than Diddy's vote or die campaign. This was right. more than that. And again, yeah. this was this was sp speaking Dan specifically to the youth and letting them know. Like, hey. You know, one of the problems I've had with both political parties, both Republicans and Democrats, and it's something that Mayor knows well, Katara knows well, President Company, and of course everyone at the network and Stern Five know. I think both parties are full of shit. And I know they are. It's, yep. <laughs> yep. you know, I'd, I say that every week in the basement for a reason, because it's true. Now, my attitude is very simple. The people that vote, it, 
if you don't vote and you're watching right now, if you don't vote between now and election day and you're registered to vote and you're able to go out and vote, I don't want to hear from you in the basement. I don't want to hear from you on the starting five or anywhere else because you didn't take the time to get out and speak your mind at the polls, period. On your vote, however you do, whether it be for Trump, whether it be for Biden, or it be for Jorgensen, or whoever, and down ballot. But if you don't vote, you don't have the right to bitch. Point blank. Don't want to hear it. I, I, I'm sorry. I hate that saying. Yep. If you're an American citizen, you have the right to bitch, in my opinion, because especially if you're a felon, and true, I would definitely say depending on your felony, but if say you're a nonviolent, I got caught selling weed. Felon, I think that person I'd be allowed to vote. And I think they should be allowed to vote, but yeah. they're not. You know, some of these people are not allowed to vote. That doesn't make them any less mm -hmm. citizen than us to be able to complain. As so I said, I, if they're registered, of if you don't like the. If you don't, I, I just never like that saying, oh, you, yeah. you don't vote, you don't have to That's register. why I specified, Mayor, and I said, if you're registered to vote and yeah, you yeah. don't vote, not. People like George Carlin, who were able to vote, he's like, I don't bitch. Why? I don't vote. You know, he made it, he was upfront about it. And a good friend of ours, like Great Black GOP, admitted he didn't vote in 2016. And we vote his ass like Zorro every fucking day about it, literally. We wrote his ass about it because even though one vote wouldn't have tilted the 2016 election results either way, it's the fact that a lot of these people that are attending Biden rallies, whether it's hosted by Biden or Harris or outside of it, or the Trump rallies, you have percentages of people who did not vote in the last election cycle. It is true. You have people that are Republicans that are attending Biden rallies, people that are Democrat that are attending Trump rallies. So you have people on both sides that are disaffected by their party, and they're going to find out what the other parties are doing. It's just to the point where my attitude is, I don't care what party people are aligned with. It's put up or shut up. If you're going to come out and say, well, I would like to do all these things. Well, get your butt in office and start moving towards it. Start moving toward helping HBCUs. Start helping with getting people that are in the prison to school, school to prison pipeline out of that goddamn pipeline. Yeah. Start making substantive changes for people to believe. Because this ad was dope right here. It, it was a dope ad. And we're not talking about an ad that was paid for by a campaign or a pack. It's two dudes interacting freestyle, old school style rap that could speak to people. Period. That's why it hit so well. Yeah, yeah. And just thinking on the voting end, JP, the last uh, word on this one. The, the, to know, JP, that Shaq voted for the first time ever. Yeah, I heard. That, that says a lot, right? 
Yeah. Wow. And um, I forgot who else. Somebody else wrote it for the first time ever, too. Yeah. So, I mean, this this is one of those elections. Oh, Snoop. It was Snoop. Snoop wrote it for the first time yeah, ever yeah, as well. Yeah. Well, this is one of those election years, though, that it's it's it it seems to be really critical. It's it's really critical because of the joke that has been in office, the joke that's been in office. And uh, I, again, I, I I don't like him. I'm not a fan. But I will say, things could be different for him if his delivery was different. But he started out on a white supremacy train. He's going out on the white supremacy train with his little with his little sprinkles here and there of the look at my African Americans, JP, you know that one well. <laughs> and it's 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 he's gotta go. That's it. This he, he came he came out wrong in the beginning. He's stayed his course. And now he just needs to stay his course out of office and possibly hopefully into jail. But we'll see about that. And that's enough of that right there. Now we are up to the sports shit. We got, we'll get rid of the NFL real quick. The games of the week. Starting five games of the week. Dan is back as the guest pick again. Uh, just to remind you, Dan, with the, the last time you were on, you had to take, you took an L with the Carolina Tampa pick. Tampa won that game, but that was weeks ago. Um, this week, JP and I, JP picked Bill's Titans and the Titans, JP, we was talking last night. The Titans put the whoopings on the Bills last night and it, it was rough because they, um, you know, the Bills was playing the short game and the Titans was giving up everything short. They gave up nothing really big and Derrick Henry just put the hurting on people bad. But JP, you took the L on that one. Did you leave us? JP? JP, you leave us? I guess so. <clears throat> well, I, my pick, I picked Indy Browns, the Colts versus the Browns, and that was uh, that was a very good game to watch, but I had to take the L. I thought Indianapolis was going to win. They clearly didn't, and uh, the Browns took that win. But to last night's game, I got to show this. I don't know if you're here, JP, but this shit right here. Let me let me get this up. Let me make sure the commercials are out of the way. But this shit right here, Derrick Henry, what he disrespectfully did to Josh Norman last night, who, let's remember, Josh Norman, Josh Norman not too long ago was one of the best corners in the league. He quickly reminded us, nah, not so much anymore. <laughs> Let's watch the replay on this one. Hopefully they don't strike this off the joint, but this, guitar, this, is, this, is, this is a little bit of old school stuff in football. We're just seeing this happen again. Let's skip through real quick. Let's skip past the penalty. But watch how this man got... When you come in against Derrick Henry, you better go go. Do Look at this. It's so disrespectful. It's <laughs> <laughs> so disrespectful. Like that was like like Superman brushing off an ant. <laughs> that was so disrespectful. But JP has to come back on. 
Then, as you being the guest, going through next week's games real quick. It's your turn to pick. Now, we have the games, the matchups for week six. We have uh, Texans-Titans, Eagles-Ravens, Falcons-Vikings, Browns-Steelers, Bengals-Colts, Lions-Jags, Bears-Panthers, Giants-Washington, Broncos-Patriots, Jets-Dolphins, Packers-Bucks, Rams, 49ers, Cardinals, Cowboys on the Monday night game. And on Monday night, also Chiefs, Bills. What do you pick as the guest picker this week? You're on mute. I would do a scapegoat pick and say that the Giants and the Washington football team is going to be a tie because both teams are flat out trash. At this point, but I'm going. I'm going with the Sunday night game. I'm going with Rams at San Francisco, which is going to be one hell of a game. I think that this is a really good game to have on in prime time on a Sunday night. I'm going to go with the upset. I'm going with the 49ers only because of the fact that they're a good team, and the Rams, although they're a solid team. I think San Francisco might take this one at home Sunday night. And we'll see about that. San Francisco is not looking good right now. No, they aren't. Not looking good at all. At all. But um, I'm going to go with, before we go with JP, because he's back now, um, trying not to pick the same teams twice, because we don't want to do that. I'm going Cardinals-Cowboys. Cardinals with the win. Uh, we're going to talk about Cowboys in a brief for a brief minute, in a second. And yeah, I'm going Cowboy. I'm going Cardinals with the win, and I, I think this is going to be by two touchdown win. Cowboys defense is terrible. Dak Prescott did just go down, but they, you know, insurance policy. You got to start in quality quarterback as your backup in Andy Dalton, but um. Real quick, JP, gruesome, gruesome injury on Dak Prescott. Yeah, I felt really bad for Dak, man. You sound real far away. I, I feel real – you hear me now? Yeah, a little better. Okay. Yeah, I said I felt, I felt real bad for Dak, man, and, and you know what, ha- what happened. Um, they said it's going to be a uh, 46 by injury. So – that is a good thing because the way people were talking about it, like some Joe Theismann stuff, I didn't see it live, but when I did see the replay, I'm like, oh, man, his foot was turning one way and his body was the other way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw the picture. I saw the picture. Yeah. And yeah, it's like his foot was pointing in a direction it's not supposed to. <laughs> nah, it, 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 was, it, it wasn't at all. And um, I'm going to give you my pick of the week real quick. I'm picking the Steelers and the Browns this week. Um it's going to be a real good game. We're going to see if the Browns are legit or are they still the Browns. Um, I think I'm going with the Steelers in this game. I think the Steelers are real. Their defense is real good. Um, as long as they run the ball, I think they'll be fine. Uh, I got the Steelers in a close one. Uh, third, 20, gosh, 27-20. I haven't been writing the scores down. I've just been writing down. Yeah. 
picks. And, this could be close game. Yeah, and so far, I, I'm, I can humbly brag that I have the best record in all the picks. And I'm 3-1. and one. Dan, as the guest picker, is 0-1. And you, JP, are 0-3. You're looking like the NFC East right now. Yeah, I am, but guess what? <laughs> I'm about to make this comeback here real quick on you. So we got I got 13 more weeks. Well, what, what do we got? I got, uh, what, 10 more weeks, I guess, four, 11 more weeks left? Yeah, we got some time left, something like yeah. that. This is, uh, we're going into week six. So, yeah, we got some time left, but there's a lot of football to play, a lot of football to play. Yeah, I was getting my ass stumped in fantasy football, too. Shouts to mine. I think he stumped me this weekend because my dumb ass forgot to put Tom Brady in. I had no quarterback this week. <laughs> you seem to be good for that every year, for like a week or two. You always forget to put somebody in. Yeah. But real quick, because I, I, we're not going to go in on, but Melvin Gordon that came out today, he got arrested for DUI mm-hmm. and speeding. But – the Jets being the Jets. Hmm. Jets went Jets-like. And paid Le'Veon Bell over $23 million for five games to cut him. Hmm. This is a problem in my hand, in my opinion, because the Jets are horrendous. The Jets are terrible. Two seasons with Adam Gase, and he's, again, showing you nothing. But Adam Gase showed you nothing going into the job with the job he did in Miami. So how, Dan, how this man still has a job, I don't know. But you get rid of this high-priced running back that should have helped your team, even though your team is trash right now. And he hasn't really been a major factor for this team because all to, as a whole, this team is bad. I mean, they got to the point where they're starting Joe Flacco. Say what you want, Joe Flacco is a Super Bowl winner. Yep. But they benched their franchise guy and Sam Donald for Joe Flacco. And now they cut Le'Veon Bell. The Jets are, you know, when you take a look at the New York teams, there are two that register as a complete fucking joke. The Jets and the Knicks. And... I'm scratching my head because the Jets are terrible top to bottom. They are. And I remember back in the day where even if you're at times, and they still do this, where if you're on an NFL Sunday ticket, they will pull you out of a game. If you're not in an immediate zone, they will pull you out of a game if it's a blackout because it's not a sellout. They could easily do that with Jets games and you'd still end up with the same result because of the fact that the team just flat out sucks. And whereas with some teams, you're about three or four years away from doing something really good. The Jets are like seven, 10 years away because Every time you think they're taking a step forward, they take four steps back. And it's been like this for years with the Jets. And for those who are watching or listening right now that are Jets fans, you have my condolences. And you almost believe in masochism and love it because there's no way I'd be able to deal with it. 
Yeah, I'm I'm with you. My brother's a Jets fan. I know so many other people who are Jets fans that are like they they're throwing in their uh they, some of these people are throwing in their fandom like ASAP because it's a uh, this organization's terrible. They they're bad. And a couple of times that they've had hope, they just couldn't produce. And just to see this happen and not get rid of the true problem, which is the head coach and his staff. It, I mean, it, it's the Jets being the Jets. And that's literally all I can say about it. But to wrap this out off, we got some talking to do. Shout outs to the Kings of the Bubble. The Los Angeles Wake Lakers win their 17th NBA title, beating the Miami Heat in six games. LeBron James, title number four. I believe one of, if not, no, one of very few to win titles with three different organizations. Three different organizations. The only thing that differentiates anything with him winning these in three different organizations is he was the number one guy, the number one option in all of these organizations. You know, I I thought, you know, we could have thought he was the first, but then when you think about Robert Ory, he won a championship with the Rockets, with I believe with the Lakers and with San Antonio Spurs. There's a couple other people who've won multiples on different teams too. Not as many, but first and foremost, just JP and, and Dan and Qatar, if you want to jump in, you can if you did watch. But let's first congratulate the Lakers and then we'll get into some of the nonsense behind afterwards. Go ahead, JP. Oh man, shouts to the Lakers. First and foremost, for being the NBA world champions, bubble, no bubble, sham bubble, whatever you want to call it, man, they, um, they, they won, they're the champions, period. Um, We're none Ron, of us Lakers fans. None of huh? us Lakers fans. I said none of us are Lakers fans, by the way, but we no. give props where props is Yeah, give props where props is due. They, they, they won the championship. They beat everybody. I don't want to hear about no asterisk or whatever that people are talking about. They are the champions. I don't want to hear about the Clippers. Well, they didn't face the Clippers. The Clippers didn't get that. Period. They weren't the better team. Um, LeBron was phenomenal. AD was phenomenal. And the role players really, really played played well. Caruso played well. Rondo was like Rondo back in Boston at times. Um, Morris uh, Morris played very well. And uh, Caldwell Pope played very well, especially in game six. He played well as well. Uh, Dwight Howard gave him some good energy. They they had a good. They, this was a very very good team, man. That they won a championship, built around two stars and role players. They were this is a very good team, and they deserve that championship. Period. Absolutely, Dan. And and yeah, they this this was like this was like a band. As I, I said to JP the other day, like. This was like a band of castaways in some respects. Like yeah. Rondo, Dwight Howard with his second stint with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, um, what's his name? Uh, 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 JaVale McGee. He wasn't a castaway. He chose to go over there because he is an NBA champion. Yep. Uh, you know, um, uh, Danny Green. Danny Green who, you know, hey, he shit the bed game five, but 
I I loved the I loved the team aspect of you seen LeBron intentionally giving him the ball to shoot to get that to get that uh, positive energy back into him and say hey that's it happened last game that's it and I I saw that team displayed team basketball. Yep, deepest Lakers team since the early 2000s trifecta that won the three-peat with Shaq and Kobe, hands down. Okay. Um, credit where credit is due. Oh, by the way, who on the no- who on the Starting Five podcast said Lakers and six? This dude right here, just like I called Stanley Cup, Bolts and six. Okay. But anyway. You got that. You got that. Yep. I did. Look. <laughs> I am, everyone knows, I do not like the Lakers. I'm a Wizards guy. I've been a lifelong Wizards fan ever since they were the Bullets, whatever. But this was the best Lakers team since I would say the stretch between 2000, 2001, 2002. Okay? Back when everything was just working up-tempo. All the components were working together succinctly. It was so much fun. So my hat goes off the props to the LA Lakers, not only the players, but the entire organization. Oh, but Sid, they didn't play the Clippers. Uh, where were the Clippers? Where were they? If they were there, they would have played the Clippers and probably had the same result. Oh, well, go, well um, they did. Oh, they beat the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat were no slouches either. And I don't want to hear, oh, but they were in a bubble. This was good. Even though hockey and basketball were in bubbles, it was ran smartly. How many COVID cases do you have in the NHL right now? None. How many do you have out of the NBA right now that were in the bubble? None. They did it correctly. All the teams were entertaining as fuck. Really good finals. And again, Hats off to the Lakers. Y'all deserve Definitely. it. Definitely. And, and like JP mentioned, there's no asterisk on this season. Nope. Because, you know, like, like, like mentioned, they did it in a bubble. But I, I always throw this out there. Let's remember with this bubble environment. They did not play a whole season in the bubble. They wouldn't be able to manage that the same way. We would have had cases if they were in a bubble for an entire season. Something would have happened. They just had to complete a regular season and do a playoff. That was it. That's why the bubble worked so successfully because you had less teams to finish out a season. And then those less, the, the team's amount got smaller when the playoffs started. A lot of teams got eliminated very quickly. The yep. bubble worked amazing to finish off the season. But they finished, they finished the season. That's why there is no asterisk on this. On this. There is mm-hmm. no. Hands down. I think this would have happened the same result if they yep. wasn't in a bubble. Because this, this is just one of those vibes that you kind of felt L.A. was going that way no matter what. This is LeBron seemed like he was on – an unreal mission. And we, we even seen the memes of the text messages and stuff where he said he was going to go for, you know, just uh, uh, do better with the career numbers in assists on the entire season. He did oh. that. He did that. And I, 
I don't know what more negative you can say about LeBron, but in the aftermath of all of this, motherfuckers found a reason to do so. And they do it every single time the kid wins. Oh, Lord. JP, (laughs) we've had this conversation for years. It seems like every year on the Star Five, we have this conversation of the GOAT when it comes to basketball. Right. I'll give give y'all a little brief insight on before a couple hours ago, standing out here talking to my father about what we're talking about tonight. And (laughs) he was talking about the asinine ways that, and let's just say it like it is, the Super Jordan fans, no matter how much LeBron James wins, they find a reason to tear him down and say, yeah, but MJ is still here. And I always got to give y'all the friendly reminder that when it comes to basketball, to me, unless you're looking at basketball as a whole, and I'm talking globally from college to everything, it's hard to, especially with just when, when you're talking just NBA, it's hard to determine a GOAT. It's hard to determine a best ever. Because within the NBA, especially within the NBA, the game changes every 10 years. The game changes every 10 years, roughly. And each decade or even more, there's going to be a new best in the league. There's, oh, it always rotates that way. Now, if we're going to look at basketball as a whole and say that there is a GOAT, to me, there's only one answer, and that's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Go look at that man's overall career stats from championships and everything. He's done what Jordan hasn't done. NBA, they got matching six rings. They both still got to catch up to Sam Jones, all these other brothers, Bill Russell and all them. And as I'm talking to my father about that, he was just like, yeah, you're right. But but also he's like, I seen them play. They were some bad brothers on that court that you couldn't, you really couldn't mess with them. But the game was also played different then. And then when you got Wilt in the mix, the game was played different when Wilt came around. Then you fast forwarded to to the 70s, when you had a whole bunch of other people in the 70s, Kareem in the 70s dominating all that, you, the game was different. Then you bring it up to the 80s when you get the Showtime from Magic. You get Larry Bird and that head-to-head. You get the Pistons. and all. The game then turned different again. Then you go to the 90s where Michael Jordan and the Bulls dominated a huge portion of the 90s. They dominated six out of the 10 years of the 90s. They owned the 90s. He owned the 90s. You bring it to the 2000s, this is where I personally say you get a little bit of indifference. This is where it splits for me, Shaq on the front end, Kobe on the back end in level of dominance and who was the best at that time. Then you get to the 10s and beyond, and it has been no doubt, hands down, LeBron James 
not year in and year out because here and there you got the other people that are coming out. You got the Steph Curry's, you got the Kawhi Leonard's, you had Tim Duncan. Even though Tim Duncan, you could say within the stretch of the two thousands to when he retired, there's a case for him too. But people took him as it was boring basketball. But yet he was doing things at the power forward in the center position at a level of dominance that you can't deny. But the greatest all around at that time was LeBron James. So people throwing in the face that Michael Jordan is this, that, and the third is what is complete disrespect. Respect the greatness that we're watching. You're looking at somebody and listening to somebody who was the ultimate Michael Jordan hater. I would have never owned a pair of Jordan sneakers in my life because that's how hard of a Knicks fan I am. And I will probably live to never see a Knicks championship. But we're not talking about that. <laughs> we're not talking about that. They won before I was born. But even as a Jordan hater, when I went to Chicago, I read all its accolades on the statue. I, it stopped right there because it was, I seen stats that I did not know. And I didn't, I didn't choose to recall because I wasn't that much of a Jordan fan, but I was able to step backwards. And you know what? I did witness a level of greatness that we may never see again. Now we've seen traces of his game within other players here and there, but nobody did what he did in his time. He didn't do what Kobe Bryant and Shaq did or what LeBron is doing. We see traces of people's games. Like, you know, people say LeBron James is the closest thing to Magic Johnson. I agree. I would take LeBron over Magic. That's just me. But the game evolves. And all of this discourse about Jordan LeBron, Jordan LeBron is asinine and is completely disrespectful to this man, JP, who just won a title. Why can't he just be great, JP? Right. Let's let's go, let's analyze, let's go with what you just said. Because you know me, you say Kareem, and I say if there ever was a goop that ever played the NBA, it would be Wilton Norman Chamberlain. And the reason why I say Wilton Norman Chamberlain is this man has been retired for almost 50 years and still holds 72 records in the NBA. He has records that will never be broken. Nobody will ever score 100 points in the game. Nobody will ever score 50, ever grab 55 rebounds in the game. He had, he's grabbed over 24,000 rebounds for his career. But let me, let me pause you just one quick second. But that's why I said if we take in the game of basketball overall, in all oh. accomplishments, that's why I said Kareem. But NBA, rock on, rock on. No, no problem at all with anybody saying Kareem or even Mike for that matter or LeBron for that matter being the greatest. Also, they said, but Wilt was selfish. He never passed the basketball. What did he do one year? Led the league in assists and averaged eight assists a game in the next one. And we talk about winners. Everybody likes to bring up Michael Jordan. Well, he did two three-peats. Guess what? Bill Russell went almost a whole decade of championships. Only one man stopped him. One man stopped him in a whole decade in the 60s. That was Wilton Norman Chamberlain. Now, let's go on to Mike. Michael Jordan, hands down, without a doubt, top five player ever, you want to say he's the greatest ever, whatever, fine and dandy, that's good. But let's understand, there was basketball before Jordan and basketball after Jordan. 
that's Thank my you. whole that's my <laughs> that's that's my whole point with the Michael Jordan thing. There has been great players before, and there is great players after him. Now, and 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 like you said, they want to talk about him going six zero in the finals. But wait a minute, who get the total total body of work? But then he went in the eighties. He was there for more than half the decade. If you want to go by this tomorrow, well, he did this that the third. Larry Bird was undefeated against him in the playoffs. Would you take Larry? What did he do with Dan's Wizards? <laughs> exactly. Well, you know that was Michael Jordan out of his prime, and Mike, and and and, and Mike, and like I said, man, Mike was a bad man. He was. He 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 was unstoppable. His will to win and stuff like that there. But like I said, I agree. I don't have a goat, even though I said if I had a goat, it would probably be Wilt. But you, this man right here, LeBron James, is simply amazing. You got to remember, he's had this pressure on him since he was 16 years old. I told a story in the group the other day. The first time I heard about, I'm going to tell you the first, very first time I actually heard about LeBron James was because, you know, I'm a high school basketball head and follow the, the top players and stuff. The first time I heard about him was going to his freshman year in high school. I remember being at Rutgers, being at the Camden High Shabazz game, the Wine Wagner State Championship game senior year. There was a, I'll never forget this, an older white man that was sitting in front of me and Kev. And he told us, he said, we were just talking about the great play, high school players. He said, my son says, there's this kid out in Ohio named LeBron James, and my son says he's the best high school player he's seen since Lou Alcindor, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And I was like, yeah, I, I've heard of him or whatever. I've never, you know, seen him play, but I've heard, like, great things about him. Fast forward to next year, me and Jonathan Johnson, shout out to Double J. We're just coming off watching DeWine Wagner, who at that point was the greatest high school player I think I ever seen. We go, we see him at, at the primetime shootout. Dan, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I said by halftime, I called everybody that I knew at halftime and told them, like, yo, this kid, LeBron James, he said, this could play in the NBA. This is when he was a junior in high school. I said, this kid can play in the NBA right now. He doesn't need college. He does not need college at all. So fast forward, watching this growth of this kid from when he was young until now, seeing the evolution, he's more than lived up to the hype. He's more than lived up to the hype. He's definitely on Mount Rushmore of the greatest players ever. And I'm tired of hearing, hearing this crap, too. People say, well, he's been to the finals 10 times. Look who he had to go through. He had to go through Golden State Warriors, one of the greatest teams ever. San Antonio Spurs, one of the greatest teams ever. That Dallas team that beat him in Miami in 2011 was a great team. It was a great team. They swept the Lakers, Kobe. They swept the Lakers with Kobe and them when they were defending champions. That was a, but nobody said talks about that though. They were a very good team. But this LeBron James though, man, he's more than up to the hype. And like, like I said, people talk about, well, there's never been a 6'8", 6'9", guy like Magic. This is the closest thing we've had to Magic but with, a, but with as a better offensive game. And let me make this final two points here about LeBron. They said when he was in the East, oh, he's running through the East. The East is weak. Guess what? He came out West. What did he do? He won the title. Then another, th another thing, too, year 17, 
in the NBA, played the small forward most of his, all of his career. Although he did play, you know what I'm saying? He was really the, the point guard and a lot of stuff. But he became a full-time point guard at age 35, year 17, giving you 25, 10, and 8. It's amazing. As Jay-Z said, he came, he saw, he conquered. That he did. And it's, again, I just, I call back to just respect greatness. There's no need to compare because these games are played differently. And when we're talking about a person like him, as far as the level of generational talent, like he's one of those few in every era has that few that their game can transition and play in any style of basketball. But the need to constantly keep Michael Jordan up here, it's, it literally is, and Dan, I'm gonna throw it to you after this point, it literally is, and I'll say this, I say this all the time. This is what happens when you romanticize your youth and stay stuck in your youth. Everything that you've seen as a kid is the best thing ever. You know, even like, and, and being wrestling heads, we know we could, a lot of people say the same shit, even though the, the style of wrestling then was a lot stiffer, a lot slower, things like that. But people will sit back and say, oh, Hulk Hogan was the greatest ever. Rick, well, Rick Flair is the greatest ever. But, the, but you know, people will go back and say people like, um, damn, I, there's other names that I was- Bruno San Martino? No, well, Bruno San Martino was, was the guy for a, an, a long time. Um, yeah. There's, there's a lot of guys that you can mention that, but people romanticize them as, you know, but even in the wrestling game, though, a lot more people say they were great then, but they give respect to. And in basketball, it just seems to not work that way. And like you said, there's life be- there was life before Jordan. There was life mm-hmm. after Jordan. I compare this to people who be acting like life didn't start until Jesus came around. And we all know that's a lie. <laughs> Go ahead. You know, it's something I mentioned to the mayor. It's something I've mentioned in the starting by pod uh, group. I am tired of ESPN, Fox Sports, and NBA TV finding these kids in high school and putting them up on a pedestal to be the next Michael Jordan or the next Larry Bird or the next Magic Johnson or the next Will Chamberlain or the next Bill Russell or the next Isaiah Thomas or the next Kobe or the, or soon the next LeBron. Look, LeBron is the greatest player of this generation. Hands down, he's closed. I put him in the ranks of LeBron, Kobe, Jordan, Chamberlain, Russell, Bird, Kareem, Magic, among the greats ever to play the game. Now, I have a question for the people that have a personal vendetta against LeBron that are tugging hard to what Jordan did. 
I loved Michael Jordan in his career. Yeah, I've gotten over what he did to my what he did with my Wizards. I've gotten over that. But the point of the matter is you can't keep putting asterisks with these curtain players, whether it's Steph Curry, Rondo, LeBron, etc. You can't keep putting in asterisks by somebody's game and going, oh, well, are they better than this person? All the legends in the past accomplished a lot in their careers. And it's like what was said a few minutes ago. When Jordan got drafted, the Bulls spent three or four years outside the postseason. They literally had to take they had to take the time to build the team around him to bring in the players that could come in to start leading into those postseason opportunities that would develop into the two three peaks. Oh, but uh, LeBron went team hopping. Well, okay, look at it this way: every team he's been on, he's elevated them. Elevated them. Bosch was probably not the easiest guy to play with, but LeBron found a way to play with them on a nightly basis while he was in Miami with them. Straight up. Oh, well, he got the coaches in Cleveland fired. There's no evidence of that, but there's evidence of the fact that in both since in Cleveland, he did his best to make his team that much better to try to bring him up. And look at what he did with the Lakers. The Lakers, because of his leadership, probably the best leadership you've seen in L.A. since the Kobe Shaq era, where they put the team on their backs and said, okay, this is how we're going to do things. We're going to work within coaches' system. We're going to try to make this work. How can you not tell me that Kobe and Shaq and LeBron are not on that echelon with the Wilts, with the Russells, with the Jordans, with the Kareems, with the Magics, with the Birds, with even fucking Isaiah Thomas and Bill Lambeer. You can't. It's just that I have learned at 46 going on 47 that I can hold on to my nostalgia of the past, but I recognize greatness in present time as well. And that's something the media needs to start doing is stop comparing these high school kids and these first-year college students to the greats of the past and let them develop into what they can become. I mean, okay, so you don't like LeBron. You know what this is? The world's smallest violin playing for you because you're stuck on the past and you hate LeBron. <laughs> I'm not a LeBron fan, but I recognize greatness when I see it, though. Just like when I said Bolts and Six, I didn't like half the Bamas on that team. Give credit where credit is due, though. They did what they had to do to win the Stanley Cup. Well, that's what the Lakers did. They came together, they followed a system, they got it done. My hat goes off to them, and for the haters of LeBron, yeah, it's that simple. But I, to, to, because I want to throw it to JP again on the point that you made, 
which is sports media, and we noticed, JP, that it's it, they have a long history of doing, oh, this is the next this person. This is the next. Like, I, right. two names specifically that came to mind that became eventual. They've had long careers, but they became not what they tried to make them out to be. And this is the perils of what Dan was talking about. OJ Mayo and Michael Beasley. Mm-hmm. Those two cats was put on all the basketball magazines as the next greatest ever type players. Right. They were put up there. And let's remember, a lot of people hate LeBron James just simply because of the King James name. He didn't give himself that nope. name. The media like, did that. Like, like well, yes, like what we talked about last night, where it's like, yo, you get a nickname, not because of what you gave yourself, because of what the hood, what your family and your friends around you gave you. That's your nickname. The media, the sports media gave him the nickname King James. And he got that name, like you mentioned, back when he was a sophomore in high school. And that's when I heard about him. I heard about him from a guy I played football with who was from Ohio. And he was like, yo, I got to get back home to see this kid, LeBron James. They're saying he is the next best thing ever. And like you said, JP, he's proven that. And people just hate that King nickname thinking he gave it to himself. No, the people gave him that name and he lived it. Just like how I mentioned, I said to you last night, nobody calls me by my DJ name. Two people I know will call me by my DJ name. Two. (laughs) Two. I gave myself that name. Shout out to Iz, our sister Iz who was the first one to start calling me the mayor because of my last name is Dinkins. And then everybody gravitated towards that and that. Back in the day, you bring me to high school, I was big man Dan, I was big man because I was always the largest of the crew. Not at 300 pounds, mind you, but I was the six foot tall, the bigger dude of the, t- of the crew. So my old school head still called me big man and all that. But the people now, they call me the mayor. And what do I do? I try to carry myself like one because that's the name y'all bestowed upon me. The people gave King James, the name King James, and that man has acted nothing like nothing but royalty. Say what you want about him bouncing around from team to team. But like we said, he's made each team he went to better. And the only team that has came up after he left has been this Miami Heat team. Every team he left to turn to big bags of shit. But (laughs) speaking to the whole media thing, as I mentioned before, JP, like, like I said, thinking about it now, you can't keep pushing, like Dan said, you can't keep rushing the judgment that these kids are going to be these greatest evers when we still haven't seen them in these pro environments. Right. I, um, one other player I meant to add to the list was Oscar Robertson. Can't forget about the Big O as well, man. The Big O is definitely, definitely among the all-time greats. But um, as far as these high school kids and stuff getting, getting pumped up and stuff, some deserve the hype. Some of them have had maybe injuries, personal problems, and even tragedies. And we know one of the tragic figures in all of basketball. We know who that person is. But 
There's a kid right now out in Michigan named Imani Bates. He was the first high school sophomore to be able to cover Sports Illustrated, already to compare him to LeBron, Durant, Kobe, and all this stuff here. From what I've seen on tape, he looks like the real deal, but he still has to continue to develop. That's what I think that's what people don't understand is the development of these kids. They got they got they have you have to keep working on your game. And I think for the most part, some of these guys don't pan out, but a lot of them do. Like for instance, the first time I saw Kevin Durant in high school, he was about six eight. Junior, junior year in high school at Oak Hill, he's about six eight. He must have weighed about a buck seventy, a buck seventy five. His game was just so smooth, though, that I was like, you know what? I saw my friends around me. You know what? This kid right here has a lot of potential. We got to remember this kid. He, I mean, you know, because you just saw the talent within him. Then by the time he got the University of Texas. Phew, that's when he really started taking off. But but as far as the media stuff, hype it up, hype it up players and stuff, there's no there's there's no other media hype than New York City. Your city, New York City. All the high school players you've had down through the years, I'm talking about Sebastian Telefair. Has Marbury Marbury's had a great, great career, but they were I remember one time people, some people tried to say, maybe coming from you New Yorkers though, that he was good, that he was better than Iverson. Um, Felipe Lopez, players like this here, that I mean they went to the pros, but because New York's the media capital of the world, they made him out to be like, poof. Um, yeah, the media, and we, I, the one thing that I, that I get tired of with the media, and, and I am putting myself in this, this stuff here too, is debating who's better. Who's the greatest? Who's not? When we should all just appreciate what we're seeing, and we all should really learn that lesson from seeing what happened with Kobe. And I said that, and you know, I get sucked into these debates and stuff. Sometimes we just gotta appreciate these players while they're here. I.e., example, Kobe, with what you know, what happened to him. Greatness, greatness. And I just want people to know I don't shit on Mike. Because some people think, oh, Jay, you be hating on Mike. No, I don't hate on him. The only point I'm trying to make is give other players their props too. Whether you talk about a Wilt Kareem or Oscar before him, a Magic, a Bird during him, or LeBron, KD, Duncan, Kobe, Shaq after him. That's all I'm saying. There's been greatness and great players, period. And I'm in total agreement with you because, like I mentioned, no matter all the Jordan hate that I might have spewed over the decades, still, it's it's still, don't try to put one over the other when the person that you're claiming number one, again, you're romanticizing what you saw in your youth because he was the greatest that you've seen growing up. Right. But there were people before him who have done more than him. Right. That's why I throw up those stats of, well, you want to, when you talk about these arguments and you want to count rings, you want to bring them up as they are a factor in the conversation. To me, they are not that much of a factor in the conversation Mm -hmm. because of 
let's take it to football. Dan Marino, no rings. Donovan McNabb, no rings. Uh, so many other players out there, no rings. Barry Sanders, no rings. Earl Campbell, no rings. But you're going to tell me, you're going to get, when you, this, because this, people, you think you're crazy when you say it like this, but you're not because you're just, you're speaking to the way that they talk. You want to tell me Trent Dilfer, Mark Rippon, Jeff Hostetler are better quarterbacks than Dan Marino? You are out your fucking mind. Sounds silly. You want to tell me now, the debatable, but you're not going to tell me Emmitt Smith was a better running back than Barry Sanders. When you look at the whole total. No, he's not. He's top five, but he's not. No. <laughs> he's top. He's, he's top 10 for me, but he ain't. He, he's not Barry Sanders. He did. You know, you know what? It's difficult like that. And I'm not trying to stay on that to compare. Right. But I'm just saying, there are so many greats. Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony could make a top 20 all-time, possibly. It's hard. All-time great. He's an all-time great. But now you're going to tell me that Robert Ory is better than him because he got seven rings, or Caruso's better than him because he got one, or Adam Morrison is better than him because he got three. Like, when you're talking about championships, let's remember, it's not just the star player that wins one. It's an it's entire team. team. Dan, let me make this it's, one that sounds crazy. Oh, my bad. It's just saying it sounds crazy when you say it, but you sound just as stupid bringing up rings as if that is the end all be all. Yes, the name of the game is winning. I'm, I want to bring up this. I want to bring up this one last point about LeBron James. Just this one last one. And I'm going to shut up for the rest of the night. This has to be addressed. I don't know. I've, I've seen this a lot and this is going to be it's not going to be controversial it's the truth I don't understand why so many brothers hate on LeBron James on the court and off the court because we always talk about these athletes doing this that and the third blah la la or whatever this man has a school but we still want to shit on him all. Oh, he's doing this for that, or he's being fake or whatever. How the hell is that fake built in a school to help people? He, his crew that he runs with, he sent all those dudes from college, Rich Paul, Maverick Carter, all of them. He paid for their education. Instead of them saying, yo, you're going to hang out with me and I'm paying you, no, we're going to teach you the business how to deal business and stuff. They all deal it. They're making deals with other players. They're bringing them into clutch sports. He's out here talking about issues and stuff. I don't understand LeBron hate, especially coming from black men. Because we always talk about, oh, you know, this that people speaking up and stuff. It's like I said, this brother right here is the most giving. Social consciousness, Muhammad Abdul Raouf, Craig Hodges was on that same wavelength too. But this brother right here is the most, when you combine everything, socially consciousness, giving, community oriented, since Muhammad Ali. Since Muhammad Ali. And in some respects, might have done more than Ali. 
I'm Ali's done a lot. I know a lot of I people who have met and loved and know him. It's Ali, you. it's debatable. But, it's debatable. But like I said, in, he 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 could he, he could potentially do more. But it's debatable. But hold on, let me just let me debate. just. It's, no not a debate. it's not a debate. But let me make this about Ali too. Ali also sacrificed four years of his career as well when he was on top and he was the champion of the world and the big and the biggest name in sports. He stood up for his principles as well. I'm not comparing him and LeBron with that aspect, but I'm saying Ali sacrificed as well. And I know a lot of people who have met or known Ali. My uncle knew him pretty well and stuff. And I know other people have known him. I haven't heard anybody say a bad word about Ali, whether you just met him in passing or just met him wherever Ali loved everybody. Yeah. I mean, there's no, and there's no dispute in it. I'm just, I just mentioned it like, again, cause we, we are more alive. We have been alive to see more of what LeBron has done. Right. That's all I can compare that to. That's the only thing I can say. And, but again, this not even up for comparison because we're talking about two great individuals that are just two great human beings, but on the court again, the comparison shit needs to stop. It's just mm -hmm. my opinion. Just accept and understand that we have in these discussions by error. By error, because the game always changes. The game is going to evolve once again when LeBron James is gone. And there's going to be somebody else who can do and succeed and achieve the same way he did, the same way Jordan did. Who knows if we'll ever get a Bill Russell type again to win, to, like you said, a whole decade of championships almost. Mm. It's this. It just last word on the show because we're going to wrap this up. Just appreciate greatness. Mm. We can hate on them, talk shit, joke all you want or whatever. But at the end of it all, as long as you can respect the greatness without having to tear it down. And like I said, Supreme Jordan hated that I am and I was. Even I stopped. But when I combat the Jordan conversation, it again, I will say it again. It is just a reminder that people have done just as much as him, if not more than him on the basketball court before him and after him. And... Even Michael Jordan himself had said, you can't have this greatest ever conversation because of what I said. The game has always been different. The game always changes. There's somebody that comes around that is the greatest in the league at that time. So if your GOAT is telling you this also, maybe you should listen. And with that being said, we are done. This was a dope one. This is a great one straight through all around. So I'm going to give it to the first lady who killed it, knocked it out of the park in the first half, but had to sit out of the basketball talk because we got a little too deep for her. Yeah. We love you nonetheless. Go ahead. Um, yeah, just shout out to everyone uh, who was in the live. Shout out to our guest host. Uh, just remember, Friday I'm pre-recording a interview with uh, 
a city council member that's on a, a city right next to me. Um, and so stay tuned for details with that. Um, and I have some other guests coming on. I have to check with my, with their promoter. So just be on the lookout for that and be on the lookout for some other stuff coming out for me. Dan? Yeah, Sunday morning today in No Spots Pod, Champ and I break down what that, what the fuck happened the other night with Raw's draft? We're going to break down the week that was in wrestling. He's going to have a brief G1 Climax update. Sunday night, 6 p.m. in the basement. Tribute to Eddie Van Halen, my top 20 favorite Van Halen songs. And you're going to love this, Mayor. I triggered somebody again. A couple of weeks ago on 4chan, remember when I told people you can post anything on 4chan and people think it's legit? Someone took offense to that because they thought that Star Trek was done, that all the rumors are true. So I'm going to have to clarify that shit Sunday night. I'm not really a Star Trek fan like that, but I could dig it. I know many people who are. Yep. maybe, Maybe they'll get their butt hurt. Oh, well. JP. <laughs> oh man, shout outs to to um you of course the mayor first. Shout outs to uh Tar and Dan, shout outs to the people on the live feed as well. And shout outs to my brother TJ. Can't wait to get you back here soon, bro. Yeah, we got we gotta get him out of the trappings of the man, but we'll work we're gonna work that out. <laughs> as always, the starfirepodcast.com. Please support that. Uh also, too, coming next weekend, North Carolina. North Carolina, Greensboro, North Carolina. My partners, HHDG Media, we're coming down there to take over, doing a free movie night. Free movie night at Greensboro, North Carolina at the Next Stop Wine and Cigar, right in the parking lot that you see in the picture right there. We're showing free movie night. Free movie night of Crush Groove. If you're in North Carolina, come through. Y'all know how HHDG gets down when we come through. We always bring a mass of people. We try to get a mass of people to come with us. There's a lot of North Carolina HHDG members. Please come through, support, show love. We're going to try to have some merch there so you can get some dope HHDG stuff. You might not be able to get this because I got this joint done. Custom. Shout out to my homie Jeff that I work with. And that's that. Big ups to T3 once again on winning the promo contest. JP, when you listen back or watch it back, you'll uh, you'll catch that. That was a dope little segment we had. And maybe we'll mm-hmm. do it again. Maybe we'll do it again because that was fun. But uh, for everybody on the show, as always, for everybody in the lives, it's your boy, the mayor. We say peace. And we'll see y'all next week. Bye.